Chapter 2 Izuku is tired. He's always tired. He sleeps in mounds of stuffed animals and blankets his mom got for him. And it's warm and comfortable and safe. And he knows it's safe. But he can never get a decent amount of sleep. When he can sleep, he gets nightmares. If he manages to fall asleep again, he wakes up exhausted. He wonders briefly if he'll ever get a full night of sleep a day in his life. His mother's chopsticks clatter against her plate, and Izuku sharpens his knife across from her, absent-mindedly, with a piece of flint. His breakfast sits in front of him, untouched. He hasn't had much of an appetite since last night's nightmare, and he isn't sure he'll have an appetite at all today. What is this? Child, we misunderstand. This is where you belong. This is who you are. This is what you are. Izuku? Izuku's head snaps up immediately, hand tensing. His mom smiles at him, gently but sadly, and she reaches across the tiny dining table, settling her hand over his. I know you don't want to, she says, but try to eat something, okay? Izuku swallows thickly. Okay. He sets the knife and flint on the table and takes up his chopsticks. A part of him is hungry, but the majority of him wants to puke just at the mere thought of food. He stares at his plate, chopsticks between his fingers, for a long, long moment. Eventually, his mother sighs. You can sharpen your knife if you want, Izuku. Try to eat something later, okay? Izuku takes up the knife and flint again immediately. He doesn't say anything, but that's all right. He and his mother have mastered the art of silent communication. They'd had to. His mom puts foil over his plate for him to have later if he wants it. And Izuku, after making sure she doesn't need his help, scurries off to his room again, shutting the door behind him. He doesn't lock it. He never locks it. He is 15 now. He thinks either that or 14. He doesn't remember his birthday, so he and his mother decided on celebrating it in April. But his room isn't what you'd expect from a boy his age. The walls are splashed with multicolors, mostly bright and neon ones, like green, pink, blue, and yellow. Izuku had done this, with his mother, when he was around nine. She'd bought him cans of paint and let him go at it, coming in to help and check on his progress every now and then. His bed is covered with stuffed animals, mostly cats and dogs, and blankets, and the multicolored walls are lined with Izuku's knife collection. His mother doesn't know how he got half of these knives, and she doesn't really ask. Izuku finds them anywhere, in alleys, dumpsters, plus what knives his mother did purchase for him. Honestly, Izuku isn't really sure how he had ended up with so many knives. He has two pencil cups on the little, paint-splattered desk by his bed, and although the cups are full, there's only one pencil in each. The rest of the space is taken up by even more knives. No, he's not obsessed with knives. He's just vaguely terrified of being caught without them. He flops onto his bed, face down, and shuts his eyes.
You're making a mistake, my boy. Believe me, you don't want to do this. Izuku opens his eyes again and sits up. It's a Saturday, which means there's no schoolwork for him to get done, which means he can relax. Or as much as someone in his predicament can relax, which is less than ideal, honestly. He gets up, grabbing his favorite hoodie off the bedpost, tie-dyed, blue and white, like a bright, cloudy sky, and slipping it over his head. He pulls two knives out of the pencil cup by the bed, sheaths them at his belt along with the knives already there, then leaves his room. He finds his mother in the living room, bent over papers sprawled on the table. Izuku stands there, waiting for her to notice him. As soon as she does, she raises her head and looks at him quizzically. What is it, Izuku? I'm going for a walk, Izuku says, pointing over his shoulder at the door. Is that okay? His mother pauses, briefly, thinking this over. Then she nods. That's fine, she says. Be careful, though, all right? Remember what Kagami-san told you. I will. Uzuku promises. She beckons him over, and as soon as he's within reach, she kisses his cheek. Afterwards, he makes for the door, slips on his shoes, their light-up shoes, odd perhaps, but what the heck, and heads out. It's a recent development, his mother letting him take short walks by himself. It's been a long road, getting here. Izuku has been seeing a therapist, Kagami-san, for the past six years or so, but even then, it's taken this long for him to be comfortable walking down the street without his mother beside him. Slow development, but development nonetheless. He's proud of it, if he does say so himself. He wishes it'd be faster, though. Oh, how he wishes it'd be faster. It's warm out. He can tell by the sunshine. But he's always cold. So he leaves the hoodie on, He's always had a hard time regulating his own body temperature, hence the reason he had so many blankets on his bed and so many hoodies in his closet. He ignores the looks he gets from people as he heads down the way. He keeps his hood over his head, avoiding their skeptical gazes, and hoping they don't see just how many scars there are on his face. He hears a couple words, a couple questions like, Should a kid really be out here alone? And... He's all by himself? That's strange. But he ignores it. Honestly, he looks like a ten-year-old. He's short. Very short. Actually, barely five feet tall. And skinny. Not to mention the shoes he's wearing that light up with every step. He probably looks like a child to them. And he's oddly okay with that, as long as they leave him alone. Better they mistake him for a little kid than see the scars and mistake him for what he used to be. He keeps on down the street, hands in his pockets, fingers curled around two pocket knives. He's okay. He's okay. No one stopped him or said anything yet. He's okay. He can do this. He's okay. He's o- Someone knocks shoulders with him, hard, and Izuku stumbles, just slightly, balanced askew by the force of the hit. He turns around, raising his head ever so slightly. Oi! Watch where you're going! Izuku looks at him. He's blonde, with spiky hair and flaming red eyes. He's walking with two others, who thankfully hadn't knocked into Izuku as well. He's furious. You were the one who knocked into me, 
Izuku says, not because he wants to, but because that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm sorry for my part in it. The kid snarls back at him. He's angry, but Izuku doesn't sense danger from him. It's an empty threat, his fury. He'd never actually outright attack Izuku. Izuku knows how to do this, how to tell when a threat is real or not. The kid steps towards him, stopping just short of him. Izuku's fingers clench his knives just a little bit tighter. Empty threat. Empty threat. Empty threat. He tells himself, but that doesn't stop his immediate reaction to being approached like this. It's an empty threat. Empty threat. Empty threat. Breathe. You're okay. Don't throw knives at him. Don't throw the knives. Hold back. Empty threat. Empty threat. You know what a true threat is, and this isn't one. Don't throw away your development thus far for him. Empty threat. Empty threat. Not worth it. Not worth it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't use it. Hey, I'm talking to you. The kid's voice brings Izuku back to the present, and he reaches forward to grab Izuku's shoulder. Izuku ducks beneath his hand and springs backwards, avoiding the touch. His head snaps up, and for the first time, the kid gets a look at his face. Immediately, Uzuku watches the stranger's eyes fill with something. Something like shock, confusion, horror, and everything in between. Izuku stares at him, right in the eyes. I'm sorry, Izuku says, feet already moving. I have to go. He power walks down the sidewalk in the opposite direction, leaving the stranger and his friends behind. Here. Cold fingers on his face, black flooding his vision. Maybe this will calm you down, teach you your place. He screams, and the world explodes into white and red and black. As soon as Izuku knows he's far enough away, he isn't following you, he isn't following you, you're okay, you're okay, he isn't following you, empty threat, empty threat, empty threat. He ducks into an alleyway and leans against the wall, breathing heavily for a moment or two. That? That could have gone very, very badly. It's over now. It could have gone badly, but it didn't. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Izuku catches his breath and opens his eyes again. The sky above is bright, but the alley is dark. He stomps his foot then watches the multicolored lights flash on the floor and wall. It's comforting somehow. It reminds him that darkness isn't all there is. <coughs> Izuku's head snaps up again, and he looks around wildly for a moment or two, fingers clenching around the hilts of his sheathed knives. He doesn't hear the sound again for another long time. <coughs> he turns his head to the side, where the sound comes from. He waits a long moment, and then he creeps down the alley to investigate, occasionally stomping his foot every now and then to light up the alley. A little further down, he sees a cardboard box, lit up by his shoes when he stomps, curious and constantly looking over his shoulder just in case. He closes in, loosening his hold on his knives. He kneels by the box, steals himself, then flips back the flaps to look inside. Six pairs of glowing eyes look back at him. Izuku tilts his head. The eyes blink at him. He doesn't leave the alley alone. Hey, 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 hey! 
Calm down. Calm down. It's okay. You're safe now. Calm down. It's all right. No one will hurt you now. Do you want the knives back? Okay, okay. Calm down. I'll give you them back if you promise not to try and stab me again, okay? Okay, here. Heya, headquarters? Ingenium requesting backup. Send an ambulance. Hurry. Welcome back, Izuku. Did you have a nice... Izuku, what is that? Izuku kneels and sets the cardboard box down, kicking the door shut behind him. His mom stares, watching, waiting. When Izuku flips back the lid, six kittens turn and meow in scattered unison at him and his mom. His mom stares for another moment, and then her eyes soften in realization. Oh, Izuku, we can't... I'm not sure we can. The kittens immediately hop out of the box, climbing onto his lap and on his sleeves. Izuku pets their fluffy little heads, then turns his gaze up towards his mother pleadingly. She looks torn. Izuku, we can't. All six of them? Izuku looks down again, sadly. There's another long beat, and then... Okay, okay. Izuku, okay. We can keep them. Izuku's head snaps up to meet her gaze, and she bites her lip. But they're your responsibility to take care of, all right? Izuku nods immediately, rising to his feet. He holds three of the kittens in his arms, and the other three cling to him, their little claws digging into the sleeves of his hoodie. He feels their purrs against his hands, and he can't help the warmth that spreads through his chest. He looks at his mother, not smiling, but she can always tell when he's happy somehow. She smiles at him, and he hopes she can tell just how thankful he is. He sleeps reasonably okay that night. He's always cold, and usually he sleeps with a hoodie along with the rest of his blankets. But this time, the kittens curl against his chest, meowing and purring happily, and he snuggles them as tightly as he dares. Their warmth seeps into him, and he sleeps. What the hell? What happened to this kid? Villains, there's no other explanation. We're lucky we found him when he did. He was losing a lot of blood. Those wounds. It looks like his skin was cracked open from the inside out, like something was destroying him. Ingenium, you said you found him alone? He was alone, yeah. Freaked out pretty badly by something, too. Poor kid. If I'd been any slower, he would have knifed me in the face. Hmm. Yes. Does he have a quirk? Do you know? Well, I mean, x-rays of his toes would suggest that he didn't, but... Izuku goes out the next day for cat food and a litter box. His mother gives him some cash, and shortly afterward he heads out, after kissing each kitten on the forehead. Once. Or twice. He wears his Heelys this time, and the same hoodie from yesterday, now covered in black cat hair. Not that it matters. And thankfully, he isn't approached or knocked into by anybody, which is good. He can avoid more breakdowns that way. The pet shop is located on the other side of town, further into the city in a small and frequently busy part of town, for which Izuku is glad. Going out two days in a row, especially to places with lots of people, would be hard.
he isn't sure he'd be able to cope with it. He continues down the sidewalk, towards the edge of town, where the pet shop is. He passes a few people here and there, but not too many, and soon he's all alone. No one passes by on foot or in cars, just him and the sidewalk. He comes to a bridge, and he stops there for a moment. It isn't a very long bridge. He can see the light from the end of it. But even so, he's never liked the darkness. He has reasons not to like the darkness. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a small but bold flashlight. He flicks it on. The light penetrates the darkness. And after another moment, he keeps walking, following the path of light left by the flashlight. He gets about halfway through before he hears a clank and a clatter behind him. He spins around immediately, yanking two knives from sheaths at his belt, and holding them between his fingers. A sewer cap hits the road, spins like a coin, then falls on its side. From the gaping hole in the street emerges a gross, slithering blob of something, a shapeless something with beady, bulging eyes and white, wide teeth. Its body doesn't have shape, but it's definitely alive. Its eyes find Izuku's and stay there. Well, what do you know? It says in a garbled, gurgling voice, emerging further from the sewer to face Izuki fully. Perfect timing, kid. Threat. 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 The villain lunges. Grab him. Somebody grab him. I've got him. I've... Ah! He's running. Get him. I've... Ow! He bit me. He runs. He headbutts people who grab him. He bites them. He kicks. He thrashes. He screams. He's scared. He wants out. He wants out. He has to run. He has to run. He has to get out of here before they hurt him. Everyone hurts him. He has to run. He has to run before, 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 before. He makes it to the door, but then it opens and he bonks his head against the new arrival's leg. He's thrown backwards by the force of it and he hits the ground breathing heavily, scared, terrified, hyped up, exhausted, exhausted, exhausted. He's so tired of running. He's so tired of running. He looks up at the face of the person he'd knocked into. A woman. A stranger. Someone he doesn't know. She meets his eyes, and he doesn't know why, but a sudden feeling of calm overcomes him, and he knows it, and he knows in an instant that she isn't going to hurt him. He knows somehow that she isn't going to hurt him. He doesn't know how he knows it, but he does. The woman kneels in front of him, looking at him with a gentle gaze, unlike anything he's ever seen before. She reaches towards him, gently, and when he flinches back, not out of fear, but out of habit, her smile turns sad, and she nods knowingly, withdrawing her hand. Hello there. She sits on the floor, just like that, and he feels like he should feel threatened, but he doesn't. My name is Inko. What's your name? His name? He... he has a name. He does, but... He shakes his head feverishly, ignoring his pounding headache. The woman watches him, with soft, kind... That's what it is. It's kindness. Eyes. No? You don't want to tell me your name? He shakes his head again, more feverishly this time. He's expecting a hit. He's expecting pain. 
but all he gets is another small, understanding smile. That's okay. You don't have to, sweetheart. Take your time. No one has ever spoken to him the way this woman speaks to him now, gentle and kind and understanding. It shocks him, but also comforts him. Izuku dodges.